You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No doubt about it. And now your hosts, Christy and Mark Runcetti. Well, happy Christmas, I guess, right? It's going to be a fun holiday type show today. Happy Christmas. Happy Are we changing it? We're changing we're it up. We're British now. Oh, they say, do they? Do they really? Hey, but don't they say happy Christmas? They yeah, do? Okay. They do. Okay. We should have Ava tap in and, and give us her, her best British accent of saying, I'm just wishing everybody the, the best holiday. Wishing you all the best holiday this season. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Ava's been watching, um, what's, what is it? It's called the midwife. <laughs> called Call the midwife. And so she has taken on the British accent. So, okay. Uh, so anyway, but yes, we're here today. It is Thursday. It is our holiday edition. That's right. You got your Christmas sweater on Mark. I do. Well, here's the thing about this sweater before we introduce uh Squire and Louise. Uh, I, I, uh, this thing is warm. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You're gonna I've, lost, I've lost at least three, four, three, four pounds of water weight. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end of this. You might black out. I might black out. That's all right. I'll take care yeah, of it. Or you may have to roll in an IV just to get to the end of you know this interview. But we have two people that the minute we knew we were going to do a holiday edition of the show, these are the two people I wanted to have. Right. Because they are absolutely perfect for this. And you'll see why here in just a second. And, and they are Squire Rushnell and Luis Duarte. They are the pair that is behind the 40-Day Prayer Challenge, which we have done. Mm -hmm. uh, they are behind uh, the Godwink stories, which I love on Hallmark. <laughs> oh, you know I, this. Oh, Mark's a big Hallmark guy. Like, yep, yep. And you, can't now, get an, you can't get enough of any of those type of movies. Oh, I love them. It's your go-to. So, yeah. Yes. And, and so, and they've done uh, books, Couples Who Pray, just all different sorts of, of really cool, God-centered, positive content that if you really even are, are kind of lost a little bit or you think, gosh, you know, is something going to get better? Is Does God know I'm there? It just, is God listening to me? Is he... Does he hear me? And and I think after we're done with this interview, I think you'll realize he is listening to you and he does hear you. So, Squire Luis, thanks very much for joining us. Well, hi well, there. Well, happy Christmas to all of you. Well, there we are. <laughs> right. wonderful. I love it. I love it. She can do. You guys, can, you and Ava can do a whole scene together. That'd be it. Oh, yeah, they're both shipped in from London. Yeah, there we go. Event. Very nice, you guys. First of all, uh, I, I want to just. Kind of give people a little bit of your your background. Um, Squire, I know you started, you know, you go way back even to Good Morning America days and things like that. So tell us a little bit about how you got involved in the entertainment industry, producing and, and, and putting together uh, uplifting content, and then how Luis ended up in this and how you guys ended up as a team together. That's great. Well, I, I got very much involved in talk shows very early on in my career. And uh, that led up the way to Good Morning America. I ran that just at the point when uh, we were just two and a half rating points, which isn't that much. Right. And, uh, and so uh, I ran that for four years. We ended up with six rating points and we beat the Today Show, yes. um, yes. you know, the yeah. big giant Today Show. It was like little David against the Today Show was David Hartman. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What year were, were the? What year were you at uh, Good Morning America? 
I was there from, uh, oh, goodness sakes. It was really around 80, uh, I think it was late, um, goodness sakes, I was going to say it started two years. It started in, in 75. So I must have come on board in about 77 and okay. 78, something yep. like that. Yep. And so um, we we took over the, the, the airwaves in the morning. And that was really one of the happiest times of my life. I loved I loved that achievement. But another one, I was also running children's television at ABC, which is obviously a different headset. You know, you kind of put on a whole different head to go into that department, you know, a littler head, you know, <laughs> you sit in little chairs in the executive office, like kindergarten chairs on parents night. And so, um, so, uh, you know, during that period, we had the ABC after school specials that came along. And um, then uh, I became one of the fathers of Schoolhouse Rock. Oh and, my gosh. And, Schoolhouse Rock. I loved that show. So. Yep. And so, and so uh, my legacy in this world is conjunction, junction. So, yeah. So that's how I got started. And it was in that process that I happened to meet my wonderful wife, a story that we'll tell you, I'm sure, in a moment. <laughs> Sure. So, yeah. So you guys meet and then it's interesting because Christy and I uh, first met in in TV and in and, and, but yes, we worked together a little bit, but we weren't dating at that time. And, and now that we do this show and we do some other projects together and other shows, it, there is a certain um, unique rhythm that comes to working with your spouse. So when you guys met, how did that eventually lead to working together? And, and what's the secret sauce to making that work? Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting because when we first met, Squire, of course, very was at, first, very yeah. first, Squire was at ABC working yeah. in KidVid. Yep. And he was putting a show together with Sid and Marty Croft. And Marty Croft, who we just lost the other day, mm -hmm. went to be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, Squire uh, hired me as Witchy Poo to be on this. Well, you actually saw me as Witchy Poo. I saw you in, then, as Witchy Poo on a, on a stage in New York. For HR Pop and You were stuff. doing the, uh, mm -hmm. the road show, you know, like the costume shows that go on the road, like Sesame Street. Mm -hmm. Well, the Crofts were doing Witchy Poo mm -hmm. or um, HR Pop and HR stuff. stuff. And I had taken my little girls to it, my first marriage, and they were like seven and eight. And, and the star of the show burst on the stage Green face, long nose, ward on it. Since I've since had removed. And it was Louise. <laughs> and so so then the Crofts were looking to put together a little like rock group, kind of like the monkeys, to wrap around their Saturday morning lineup. And they were missing one person. They said, the only thing missing is we need a comedian. And Squire said, well, how about this girl who plays Witchy Poo? So they hired me. So that's how we really met. But it wasn't until many, many years later, two marriages later for Squire, because I'm Mrs. Marshall the third. Well, I had to practice. Yeah. And me, I was divorced. That's a whole nother story, but it's a God wink. Praise the Lord. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord called according to his purpose. Uh, didn't think it at the time. But anyway, so Squire and I met, I was doing an off-Broadway show in New York and he brought his son there and it was a real God wink how they even got there because the meeting was canceled and 
in uh, in Canada. Canada. I, was, I was taking my my now separated from my wife, and uh, we actually were going through the divorce process. And I was working in Washington. I would come up every weekend, pick up the fourteen year old brain injured son, mm-hmm. and I would take him back to Washington. Except this week, I was taking him to Canada. I had a business meeting there, and I had got him all excited about going to Toronto, uh, a family friendly city and so forth. And it got derailed. I got off the plane at LaGuardia and I got a phone call that the meeting in Canada has been canceled. So I thought, oh, wow, I can't disappoint him. So I said, I tell you what, we're going to stay overnight here and we're going to find a Broadway show to go to. Well, I looked in the New York Times and there was dream stuff a little off-Broadway show starring Louise Duarte. And I said, Grant, you're going you're gonna to be very pleased with this because maybe we could go backstage and meet the star of this show. Well, they, we, we did meet in the lobby. And when I saw Squire, God just spoke to my heart and said, he's the one. I just oh. knew. And yeah. we went out for coffee and we've had coffee every day every since. Every day since. <laughs> And, you know, and that was about 25 years. That's ago. right. And, you know, we look at our lives now and say, yeah, we made mistakes in our first and second marriage. But, you know, we learn by everything that that we our journey in life. And when I look, you know, we live our lives forward, but we understand it backwards. When I look back now, I see where God strategically had placed me. In this point in my journey, I was going to learn something about forgiveness, actually, because my husband left me for another woman and sued me for alimony. But anyway, okay, that's another story. Not that I'm bitter. Not that I'm bitter. Uh, but I did. I learned to forgive him. I learned to forgive him. And, and that's what the Lord needed to teach me. And, and then when I met Squire, and I knew that the Lord was saying, I kept saying, God, why, why did my marriage end? Why did he leave me for this woman? I have two kids. And, and I felt in my spirit, the Lord was saying, because I'm going to take you someplace where he can't go. Because a year after I was married to this man, it was a year after I accepted Christ in my life. And he never did for 20 years. I was married to him for 20 years. He never accepted the Lord. And then when I met Squire, it truly is words and music and what what we have been able to do together. And honestly, this sounds this this sounds kind of corny, but we've never had a fight. Mm-hmm. We've never had a fight wow. in, in 25 years. Yeah. But he's starting to aggravate me now. I just have to say, like the way he was snoring last night was just yeah. really annoying. So you get up uh, and like, is this the day that we have? This could be it. <laughs> just saying. So that's our love story in a nutshell. That's great. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Two nuts. <laughs> oh, boy. You, you started working together after that? Like, let's talk about that a little bit. What was your first project that when you got after you were together? What did you guys start working on? Well, I was running a cable television network in Washington. And uh, and uh, I, oh, I had that was that Broadway show. I saw the Broadway show. Mm-hmm. And and that's when I was running the cable network. And I said, you know what, why don't we develop a series? And so we developed uh, a show that was all built around Louise and her wacky characters. (laughs) And, 
you know, it was a nice little show for yeah. <laughs> for the small cable network. And that's how we got to work together. Mm-hmm. And and then and you were just starting to work on your Godwin books. Yes. And so yeah. we uh, you know, I count I talked to her a lot about um uh, you know when god winks and 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 what the god winks meant uh in the beginning i didn't know what they meant mm-hmm. all i knew was that that i had always been fascinated with coincidence but i was also very suspicious of coincidence being the word that filled the need that i was trying to talk about because mm-hmm. And and then as I talked to more and more people uh, about coincidences, and they'd say, well, what do you call a coincidence that isn't a coincidence? Well, they knew what I was talking about. A coincidence that comes from God just didn't seem like you would call it a coincidence. Mm-hmm. So that all evolved into uh, our search for the word. What do you call that? And um, we spent a lot of time on that, praying about it, talking about it, and you know, over dinner with people, what do you think coincidence means, and so on and so forth. And somebody would give us a little, just a little clue. They'd say, one person said, well, I think it has something to do with faith. We said, yeah, 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 okay, I think so. And then somebody else said something about, well, maybe it's winking. It was, wait, 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 yeah, maybe it's a winking. Maybe maybe it's God winking, maybe it's a God wink. And that's how that all started to evolve. But in the beginning, I honestly thought that God wink was kind of another word for coincidence. I mean, that's what we were doing. And I had no idea what any of that meant until finally I looked up coincidence in the dictionary. It says two remarkable events that come together without apparent cause. That's not a God wink. Because a God wink are two remarkable events that come together with cause. And that cause is divine. Mm -hmm. So it it really took a while in the uh, the uh, the evolution of the uh, of the word and a lot of readers uh, contributing to this Mm -hmm. this process so that we have just now come to a point where we have about 10 Godwink principles, and that's the next book we're writing. It's like we've done a an archaeological dig into our own past and our own study about this this whole journey and what people have told us, and and the and the principles that have evolved out of that. So each one of these principles is going to be a different chapter, and then we'll have stories in that chapter that exemplify the principle. And so then you guys that's kind of how we've evolved. Okay, and and so and you guys started by writing the Godwinks books, right? And then eventually you work out a deal where, where you get some interest. And there's the Godwink stories. There's devotional stuff. There's a bunch of stuff. We're mm-hmm. showing a little bit of it right now. But um, so it starts with some of the books, and then eventually you get hooked up with what happens at Hallmark, right? Is that the first kind of entry mm-hmm. into this? And can you explain how you got the first? a movie off the ground and it kind of ties into Christmas pretty closely. Sure. Well, I would have to give a lot of credit to Kathy Lee Gifford. I know a she's a friend of ours, by the way, uh, she is great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She's the best. Yep. And uh, she always loved the God wink thesis and everything. And so we said that, you know, we wanted to go to Hallmark and present it. It would be perfect for Hallmark. And we asked her if she would, be one of the stars and if we got a movie and she would executive produce with us and 
And uh, she said, I'll, I'll walk in with you with, with Hallmark. So we called Bill Abbott, who was the head of Hallmark at that time. And of course, it helped to say, Kathy Lee Gifford and Squire Louise would like to have a meeting with you. You think we would have ever gotten that meeting <laughs> no, without Kathy not. Lee on our arm? I don't think so. No. So we walk in, of course, Kathy was adorable and she was just going on and on and on. And Bill said, that's it. I want to buy it. Yeah. So they put it on the air. A Godwink Christmas. They wanted to do it, obviously, for Christmas. Right. And it did so well in the ratings. People kept saying, we want more of these because they're true stories. And one of the things people say is, yeah, I love that it's a rom-com, that it's a love story. But I love that it's true because yeah. at the end, you see the real people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. And so can we, uh, Ava, we have, I think... I, one of our first clips, we actually have one of the trailers from A Godwink Christmas, the first one. And I think it's the oh, first video clip I have set up, Ava. So if we could roll that real quick, and I think you'll see, I think Kathy Lee narrates it too. So let, let's just take yeah. a quick listen to this. You get a feel for, for what it's all about. All flights are canceled due to fog. When things like that happen, it's important to see things in a different light. It's kind of miraculous. So you think everything is God winking at me? How many things had to happen in just the right ways at just the right time so that you could get to know each other? Listen to that heart of yours, honey. A Godwink Christmas on Hallmark Movies. So funny. So, so Christy and I have this uh, debate. So I love the Godwink movies. I love that kind of that kind of setup. I, I just love it. And this is one of the first movies I ever saw on Hallmark because it, it was, I was running, I think it was in, for U.S. Senate at the time. And, and, and it was during Christmas and I watched this. And it actually, ah. what's interesting is it takes place sort of near where you guys live. At least the setting is oh, around is. the corner. Yeah. It's actually a block and a half. It's a block yeah, and a half. So you, yeah, no, it's it, it's exactly right. so. You have you know. We live you, on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she flies out and goes out and stays for a night. I believe at this guy's inn, if I remember the correctly. Mm -hmm. She can't get back off the island. It's fantastic, right. Mark. This is what Mark does. So during the Senate race, you know, it was obviously very challenging, and it's kind of you know a heated situation in that, you know, kind of just a heavy day. Mm. So he would find the movies on Hallmark at night oh, to be kind of an escape. Oh, and they oh, always ended up positive. And so he would tell me about this. And what Mark does is he looks up, where was this one filmed? Because of mm. course it always has snow. There's always yeah. like, you know, little mm. town, which is Mark's like dream. And so I used to make a lot of fun <laughs> of him. I still make fun of him, but he, he, oh, yes. he is addicted to anything yeah. That is remotely like this. And he does, like, know. you know, he loves the Godwink part. Absolutely. And so tell, <laughs> tell us a little bit, you guys, give us an idea. So for people who want to kind of understand a Godwink story, give us an example of one that you think for some people who may just say, oh, gosh, that was coincidence. But for those of us uh, who who really do take our faith seriously, and even for those who may eventually take their faith seriously, realizing that God does have a role, can you kind of tell a few of those stories? Yeah, let me tell you a story from one of our favorite books at this time of year. Yep. It's called Godwin Christmas Stories. Shameless plug. Yeah. Well, no, no it's, it just happens <laughs> to be Christmas. I don't know. Have you to know. Stay on the table. Yeah. Anyway, this is about Roma Downey, who you all know is a wonderful actress. She was in a show called Touched by an Angel, which when it was at its peak, she was seen by 20 million people a week. I mean, there were three 
channels at that time. So they all had to watch those three channels and they got great ratings. But just before Christmas, Roma was spending some time at a Christmas house at a uh, children's hospital. And she was visiting the children. She was wearing a little uh, red Santa hat, all you know, trimmed in white. And she just looked cute as a button as she was going around talking to the kids. And so she walked down the hall and she walked by an open door and she saw just a horrendous scene because nurses were holding up a a woman Mm. who seemed to be struggling to hold to hold her balance and she was coming toward the door and and beyond the woman there was the form of a child on the bed and instantly Roma thought oh my goodness I I don't want to interrupt them she she was going to continue on but the grieving mother looked up and her eyes locked with Roma's and she said there you are and so now Roma is looking at this woman who is looking back at her and she didn't know what to say, but the woman continued. And she said, I ask for an angel to come and be with my daughter. Oh, Oh, my Lord. And there you are. And Roma, Roma wanted to say, no, 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 no. I'm just an actor who plays an angel. She couldn't do that. So she reached out and she held the mother. And she said, let me pray with you. She just prayed with her for a few moments. And then she went on her way. And outside, she she couldn't wait to just call up her best friend, her confidant, Della Reese, who was her co-actor on the, on, on the series. And she said, Della, I feel like such a fraud. I, and, and because that woman thought I was a real angel. And I allowed her to think that. And Della Reese said, honey. Sometimes we just have to step out of ourselves and out of God's way to let him serve people through us. And that was a God wink for Roma Downey that really changed her life. And it it just built her faith immeasurably. But anyway, that is the kind of hopeful story that we love to be able to tell. God winks always let us know that we're never alone. We were praying about this this morning. And, and as a matter of fact, we were, I told you that we were writing this book, Godwink Principles. And I went and I wrote down the, the principle that came out of this morning's prayer. When God winks at me, it's God telling me I'm never alone. And so those kinds of principles are tremendously important for all of us. There's another one that we just put in a frame and it's called when I pray, I'm, I'm talking to God. When he talks to me, it's a God wink. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things that we've been able to learn as we've gone through this journey. And I have to tell you, it's the best job that either Um, one of us have had. I mean, we've had some great jobs. Okay. I ran Good Morning America and Schoolhouse Rock and Louise was on the road with Tim Conway and Harvey Corman. How much fun is that? But doing this job of telling stories, true stories, true stories Mm -hmm. that bring people hope yes. and are now in four Hallmark movies. Yes. The fifth one's in the hopper. And yeah. we just sold our I uh, say second. Hopper. Yes. It's, we hope it doesn't go in the hopper, but it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's on the runway. It's on the okay, runway. Darling. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. Our, and our second Netflix movie is being teed up as well. Yes, yes. So okay. That, Let's talk about the Netflix yeah, movie because yeah. you've got a very famous Netflix movie. How did this happen? We're going to show a trailer, I think, too, at some point. But but uh, let's talk about the making of that story. Okay. Well, that's another God wink. Yeah. You know, everything's a God wink. And, yeah. and, and we all have God winks. You know, our job is to get people to look for the God wink because they happen all the time. God winks are like gifts at your doorstep, but you have to open the door and open your gift. So our, our co-producer, Dan Angel, was at nice Netflix. name, huh? Yeah, what a angel. perfect name, yeah. angel. And he is, he's an angel. Yeah. He was at Netflix because he was pitching a few other of his movies because he does things on his own, you know. And and so he pitched everything and they turned everything down. Well, right before he went into the meeting, we called Dan and we said, Dan, you're not going to believe it, but we pitched Ruby the dog movie and Hallmark turned it down. And he said, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe it. I said, we can't either. This great story. And he said, well, listen, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going into Netflix. And he said, I'll call you when I get out. So he comes out and he says, you're not going to believe this. He said, I pitched all the movies. They didn't like any of them. I got up to leave and I said, you know, I have one more. And he pitches Ruby the dog story. And they start crying. He must have done a great job. (laughs) And they said, that's the one we want. And that so that door closed at Hallmark. Praise Jesus. You know, we were looking at that closed door and God was saying, but I have one open over here. And that's how that got made on Netflix. And it really did do well. Yeah. Rescuing Ruby is what it's called. It's done very well. And in fact, we have just we'll we'll just take a little bit of the trailer. We'll just listen to just a couple seconds of it just so people can can get a feel for it. So, Abe, let's let's do the trailer of uh, Rescuing Ruby. And focus. You're all over the place. You can't even sit still. I'm ready for this. The department has no money for new dogs. See, what you're needing is a young, good-sized dog who's curious and has spirit. You think he could be a canine dog? She could be anything. You've been to seven homes already. You cannot blow this chance. She's a handful. She's too high strung. She chews, she digs, she steals food, she never sleeps. Okay, so that that is a little feel for it. Now, by the way, Ruby sounds a lot like a Siberian husky, yeah, but I'm just, just like our dogs. I'm just, <laughs> but, so let's explain the Godwing portion of this because it's even yes. more fascinating that and it's really compelling when you watch the when you watch the trailer in and of itself. But you guys pull the Godwink portion out of this and explain yeah. why it's amazing. Well, it's amazing, yeah, because you know, Ruby was a shelter dog Mm -hmm. and Ruby was about to be euthanized in two hours because Ruby had, uh, there was a legal issue. She had a little bit of nipping on her, you know, background. And And she'd been turned down by seven families, seven families. So they said, we can't keep unadoptable dogs. Meanwhile, nutshell again, uh, our, our hero officer, Dan O'Neill, uh, was trying to get into the canine unit, but he, he, he's got a, he's got ADHD. He can't focus and he's having trouble getting in. And then they said to him, look, we have no dogs because we don't have the money in our budget. It costs thousands. We have no money. So he goes to a shelter and he's looking around and he meets Ruby and he takes Ruby and he saves Ruby's life. And for six months, he works with Ruby and it looks really bad, like it ain't going to happen because Ruby's so rambunctious. Ruby ends up 
uh, being like the, the best of the best. But the woman who really saved Ruby was Pat Inman, who was the head of the, you know, ASPCA. She kept begging, please, just one more day, one more day. And so finally they said two hours and, you know. So what happens is Ruby finds a boy at the bottom of a ravine in Providence, Rhode Island, a very cold night, saves the boy's life. And then what happens is the mother is there to greet the boy, when they bring him up on a stretcher and she meets Officer Dan, who is the mother? Pat Inman. It was her son who saved Ruby's life. In Ruby's wow. I mean, it's just, that's, it's incredible. That's, that's amazing. That's and one little added thing, one little, because if you watch it to the end in, in the credits, the dog that plays Ruby, whose name is Bear, so it's it's a, a male dog who identifies as a female. So, <laughs> so the dog that played Ruby was about to be euthanized. Also, they found the dog at a shelter. Oh, my God. I mean, come on. And that was thanks to my wonderful wife who said, do you think you could find a rescue dog to play Ruby? They said, you know, you can imagine what was going through the trainer's <laughs> minds. Like, you know, they get these smart German shepherds and so on yeah. and so forth. Sure. And so getting a rescue dog, you know, that's going to be a high, you know, bar to make. And, but they tried and they found Ruby and, oh, it was Ruby ever wonderful in that movie. Just great. It was a parallel that was so wonderful. And only God could do that. And the real Ruby uh, just, she was a diva when the movie, she loved all the attention that she was getting. I, you know, she had about three weeks after the movie premiered when, uh, when officer Dan would be driving around and, uh, and when she'd be in the, in the, in the car with him and then people say, was that Ruby? Oh, could I, get, could I get a picture with Ruby? And she loved the attention. She graduated to heaven yeah. three weeks after the movie premiered. Oh my gosh. It was aged. She aged she out. Aged. It was about that time, yeah, you know, yeah. about 12. She was 11. Yeah. Wasn't she yeah. like 11 when all this? Yes. Well, yeah. she was. Yeah. yeah. Well, she started uh, as a, as a, uh, as she was only seven months old when officer Dan got her. Right. But he had her for seven years, seven years on yeah. the, on the core. Yeah. And uh, she was the best is, of the best. It, actually it was in real life because in a movie, you have to contract things mm-hmm. in real life. It was seven years between the time that Pat Inman saved Ruby from, you know, by, con- by convincing everybody to give her another 24 hours to find um, you know, a home, which she couldn't find. She crossed everybody off her list mm-hmm. and in came officer Dan. Perfect. There he was at the end of the day and, and walked out with that dog. You can just imagine the tears she had, but seven years in real life went by before officer Dan discovered her son. Ruby's discovered her son at the bottom of a ravine in the woods. And so it it was, it was a, even a greater God wink Mm -hmm. because you just wouldn't expect it, you know? And there was so Um, many God winks upon God winks. We can't go into all of them, even the making of the film, but you know, you really do see, as we say, we are on a GPS God's positioning system and, you know, he, he, in all our ways, he directs our steps. And, and, and that's what he does with us. You know, if we would just surrender to him and just 
let God, you know, direct us because oftentimes we're, we're saying, I know my sister-in-law used to say to me when I first accepted the Lord, cause I can be stubborn. <laughs> she said, Louise, you're like, you say to Jesus, Jesus, pick up your cross. Come on, follow me. I know where we're going <laughs> instead of following him. And we're learning, of course, we're a lot older now, but we're learning to just say, all right, God, that door may be closed, but we're going to praise you for it because there's something else open over here that you want us to walk through that's that's going to give you glory. Mm, yeah. And when you guys, you know, let me ask you something about just the broader sense of, you know, the entertainment industry, because where we are now, and I think for a lot of Christians feel like, gosh, you know, the entertainment industry seems to be further and further away from faith. But I, I might argue something a little different which is, yes, there are elements of that that are happening. But at the same time, faith is starting to expand again, I think, in the entertainment industry. Do you guys feel that? And and you're so right. There has been the tide is turning. Mm. There's been a sea change. And and as Squire said, we you know, you you have to you have to look at what's going on in your industry. And we saw that it was moving in a direction where people are going to start demanding to have more light in the movies. And you saw that with Jesus Revolution that yeah. it went through the roof. You saw that with uh, Sound, Sound of, of Freedom, Freedom. Finally getting right. You saw that with this, chosen. The Chosen. Exactly. Chosen, yeah. And so that we're seeing that now with so many other friends of ours who are producers. We're all excited. It's like, I want to get them all together in a room and just, hmm. you know, start praising yeah. Jesus. Well, we have had... Since the writer's strike was over at the end of August, uh, I could have said since uh, Mark ran for governor. No, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't then. And 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 we think that there is a day of uh, reckoning there. By the way, uh, but uh, <laughs> we think that. But since since that time, we really felt that the that there was a movement of light that was taking place mm. from about uh, about August of this year because. We have had uh, we, we've been full time pre- presentation makers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, everything every weekend we're working on another presentation, mm-hmm. whether it's to Amazon Studios, mm-hmm. whether it's to another department at Netflix, whether it's to to you know three or four or five other uh, know, networks. And and these are basically all uh, requests that we've had mm-hmm. for people to want to hear about Godwinks. Yeah. So the good news is. That we we feel as though that this has been the year in which Godwinks as a word has crossed the line of tipping point. Yeah. That the awareness level has now gone across that and line. Not just for us, but for yeah. all producers. You know, uh, uh, it was a few years back they called Squire all these producers. They said, "Tell us what is the faith based market." And basically, Squire says, "You know, between New York and L.A., where you fly over." <laughs> There it is. That's it. You you guys, too, Squire, you make an interesting point, which is that, you know, you start, and Luis, you've made this point, too, which is you start something and you think it's a ball rolling down a hill. It's Mm -hmm. not. It's a ball rolling up a series of hills and then a bigger hill, and then it falls back in your lap, and then you push it back up again. So for those people, especially at this time of year, who think, Man, I have tried. I have tried. I've done everything I can do. And I just feel like it's not where I want it to be. What do you say to them? Well, I say what you were describing seemed to me like one of those Roadrunner cartoons in Bugs Bunny. Beep, beep. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you, I think that what we always have to do is uh, never accept a disword. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that uh, that the enemy, Satan, whatever we call him, the the demonic person, that he is the dis of darkness. Mm-hmm. He loves everything dis. He loves dishonest. He loves disorder. Mm-hmm. He loves discouragement. He loves disaster. Mm-hmm. He loves everything that is dis. So distance yourself from the dis, yeah. and always look at the positive. Uh, side and and find the positive side because it is always there. It goes back to my my earliest hero was Dr. Norman Vincent Peale who wrote the book The Power of Positive Thinking, mm-hmm. and and he basically was saying you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You can think down yeah. or you can think up. You can you can you can actually be positive or negative, mm-hmm. and you can't really be both at the right. same time. And so why don't you why don't you have a better life if you if you think positive? Therefore, I can say with honesty that I cannot remember a single day in this entire journey where I have been discouraged. I have never I been discouraged. I can't say that, however. <laughs> you can? I can't. Because you as far as the 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 optimists of optimists, but but can the I, obnoxious, the optimist. obnoxious optimist, he really does look at the glass, you know, half full. And, you know, I, I have a tendency to, to, to not do that sometimes. It's, maybe it's my mother's Italian heritage. She said, my glass is half full, you know, half empty with my false teeth floating in it. But, you know, the Lord, the Bible says press toward the mark. And the thing is, pressing isn't easy. You know, it's not just going, oh, uh, puff, puff, you know, I'll wait till this comes, pressing toward the mark and resist the enemy and he'll flee. So it's always that combination of don't listen to that voice that's telling you I can't just push, keep going forward. God's going to bring you over the finish line. But, you know, that this is how he he works. He puts us through the fire so he can he can refine us. And so when we get to that point. His it will be for his glory because we know that it couldn't have been us. It had mm. to be him. Yeah. So, you know, that's my my yeah, just to press, press toward the mark. Yeah, mm. and that's a hard point. That's a hard thing to do because as you're doing it, you're you're wondering where God is in that process. But at the same time, had you not been put through that fire, I think mm. there's no way to share his light. In other words, if the cookie's always on the table and it's always there. Then, yeah. then what? Then what is what is truly forged in that, right? That's and, right. In these those difficult times where you feel like he's all you have, yes, that's the only way you realize he's all you need. But Absolutely. but you have to get to a point where you feel yeah. like there is nothing there. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's okay. And, yeah. and, and, you know, and I think sometimes we have this this fantasy of of god where it's or it's god the the protector or it's or it's god the provider that every single thing you ask for he's just going to hand it right away to you mm-hmm. and sure. well well goodness yeah. you know or if something bad happens well, Plot well, machine that yeah. god yeah yeah, right. yeah it's that yeah. thought and that's just not the case and i think that's it's so cool the what you guys do and we're, we're so inspired by it so. well and i and i want to talk a little bit about you know as we roll into 24 and sometimes people are they set resolutions and they, mm-hmm. they come up with ideas of what they want to do you know to create better fitness or eat better mm-hmm. or travel more or whatever 
One of the things I think would be really fun to talk about today and maybe encourage people who are, you know, maybe they have a great marriage. Maybe things are going great in their marriage, or maybe they've had a really heck of a year and it's kind of in, in trial mode and there's things that are more challenging. Um, let's talk a little bit about this 40 day prayer challenge. Mark and I did it. Explain to us a little bit about how this came to life. What was the thinking behind it? There is scientific research behind it. So it's not mm-hmm. just a like a feel good kind of book. Tell us a little bit about the history of the 40 day prayer challenge. You want to start? Well, when we started praying together, right when we got together, we started seeing things happen. It's it's like the the combination of two people praying together where two or more gathered in my name. God was really in the midst. We call it our our we have our bagels and coffee with our CEO, you know, Christ uh-huh. Almighty. And uh, so and, and we we lay our concerns before him. We pray for people. We but we we would see God doing things in our lives. And we knew it was a result. It was a cause and effect of prayer. So, and then our marriage was so good. Mm-hmm. And so then we started sharing it with other couples and they said, well, what do you, we said, well, we just pray every day. Oh, well, we'd like to do that. And then, then we started seeing that they had evidence of how mm-hmm. it worked so great. So we, we knew that there was something there. So we went to Baylor University and we said, look, we know that, do, have you ever done a study about what happens when couples pray together for extended length of time, like five minutes a day for like 40 days? They said, no, we've never done anything like that, but we'll come behind beside you and we'll do it now. So we did the 40 day prayer challenge and we, we got couples to, to pray together five minutes a day for 40 days. And the results were phenomenal, miraculous. And so that's been our passion. And we love, obviously we love to do our Godwink movies and all of that, but our, our real, our, I think our real heart. Our ministry is, uh, is really to get people to pray, to encourage partners to pray together. Mm -hmm. Now our main focus is on married couples, but uh, the 40 day, and we have couples who pray, which really speaks right to a married couples, that book, the most intimate act between a man and a woman, but 40 day prayer challenge was written so that we could expand that so that families can pray together, Mm -hmm. two best friends and so forth. And that was really to also help the churches. I mean, there were a lot, a a lot of mega churches have come along uh, Mm -hmm. aside us, uh, a gateway and A.R. Bernard's church and Lakewood and all of these churches. And, but we feel a little bit like the guy at the circus who spins plates on the end of mm-hmm. sticks. You know, you run up and down and yeah. you try to keep it going and so forth. We get the church going over here yeah. and then we get another church over here. And we say, oh, we got to get back over here. Because it's and just so, mom and pop. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so that gave birth to the, the idea, which is our dream for 2024. Yeah. And it's our resolution for 2024 <laughs> is to keep our noses to the grindstone yeah. and get a launch of the Pray Stay Challenge, which is a television series. Mm-hmm. And that television series will focus on six couples who are have got issues in their marriage. Mm-hmm. We follow them. The people at home will pray mm-hmm. along with them because the one thing that they are going to arm themselves with is a promise to pray together five minutes a day mm-hmm. for 40 days. So 40 days is the end point. Mm-hmm. That's six weeks. And that's just, and, and this is not an insignificant point, especially if you read the 40 day prayer challenge book especially for men sometimes to sit down and pray with their wives. It's one thing to talk to your wife about the budget. It's one thing to talk to your wife about the kids. It's another thing to bear your soul to your wife, the woman you or the, or the husband, the man who you love more than anything else that, that, 
you open that door to be able to be that vulnerable. And that does, that is not something that should be taken lightly. And you do have to work at it as you guys talk about. Yeah, Yeah, you do have to work at it. And we always say that, that because the the subtitle is the most intimate act between a man and a woman. And it really is because you become so vulnerable, but a lot of times guys will think, I don't know if I want to do this. It seems like they're going to cross the, you know, the Brooklyn bridge, you know, and then I has too, too big of a leap for me when it's really just a footpath. And it's interesting because once a husband starts praying with his wife, he really takes over the, the leader. leader. Yeah. It's, Every it's time man, it's just about, it's, it repeats itself over and over again. So many husbands went off and, and taught Sunday school classes yeah. after they had the 40 day prayer challenge. And they, and, and the fear of, uh, of being vulnerable, yeah. I think is what that may be about. But the secret I think is the woman who demonstrated this for us, who had a husband who just resisted. Mm-hmm. And she said, look, I don't blame you. Um, he had had a lot of addictions in the past, so he was kind of keeping it all to mm. his to his chest, in his chest. And so he he said, uh, she she said, would you just sit with me five minutes a day for forty days? You don't have to say a word. Just mm-hmm. just sit with me and hold my hand, and I will do the praying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happened. And he's well, well, wait a minute. He said, well, I'll. I'll listen to you, but I'll sit in the living room and you do it in the kitchen. Oh, so anyway, so so that's how they started. He sat in the living room listening to her in the kitchen, but he was sitting on one of those, you know, just an ordinary chair like this. And each day he kept moving the chair a little bit closer <laughs> to the kitchen. And by the time they were three weeks into it, he was at the kitchen table. Yeah. And by the fourth week, he was starting to prepare the the coffee yeah. in the morning and to open the Bible for a little scripture. Yeah. And it was just absolutely amazing how that, that transformation took mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So we just believe that exemplifying a partnered prayer for people at home who are going through issues of marital issues, so many that they can see a fun television show yeah. that has six couples going through the 40 day prayer mm-hmm. challenge four times in a cycle in a, in a season, four cycles of six different couples yeah. in, in the season. And, and they're going to get excited about that. And they might say, well, you know, in the next cycle, why don't we take the 40 yeah. day prayer challenge right. too? And we're going to have a little app that they can join up with where they can have their, my prayer score. And, uh, and all of this comes together. And we just believe that the goal of transforming the marital statistics mm. in America and changing ah. the, the downward or the, uh, the downward uh, spiral of happy marriages and, and, and lowering the, the, divorce, the rate. divorce rate mm. is something that we want to be able to see oh, in state by Jesus. state by state. Mm. Well, and I say for the men that are listening to our show, which we do have a lot of men listeners if you want to give your wife just a little extra gift, I oh, would that's a great recommend gift. this. Like I would, you know, because Mark's the one that actually brought it to me. And and Mark and I have always prayed. And he's been a guy who prays on his own. I've prayed on my own. We've prayed together. We pray with our kids. And so, uh, but we we honestly, I can be honest about this, that we didn't sit down and say, okay, we're going to do this for five minutes a day for 
40 days, we didn't ever really make kind of that commitment level. And once we did, like you do see the impact of that and you want to go beyond the 40 days. Right. But I would say, if you're looking as a guy, how can I really wow her? Right. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you women, I can speak this truthfully. Women have prayed and prayed and prayed for spiritual leader in their husband uh, yeah. Before they get married, they're praying for that. When they when they get married, they're praying for that. And yeah. I would say this is such a blessing that you could give yeah. us. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you know, one yeah. of the things that uh, wives will tell us over and over again is that when my when my husband and I prayed, I saw the heart of my husband. Yeah. And and when he started um, sharing things that maybe were bothering him at work or whatever, something that he was dealing with, that he maybe at one time thought he didn't want to share that with his wife that maybe he would look weak. She saw that as strength. So, you know, what the enemy means for evil, God is going to turn around for good. And so that that is a great gift for the new year because it will literally change your life. I, I think of the guy who told us the story that he bought his wife a present for Christmas. He bought her a book. Mm. <laughs> well yeah. done. But then he said... I uh, know it, it was couples who pray and it wasn't just the book. I put a note in there that I promised to pray with her five minutes a day for the 40 days of the new year. And that was such a great present for his family, for his kids. You know, yeah, his kids came up to him afterwards and said, Hey, you know, three weeks into the, into, into the 40 day prayer challenge, kids came up to him and said, Hey dad, What's wrong with you and mom? You're not arguing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is funny too, because when you see the world we're in now, and I'd love your take on this and we'll get you out of here. Just a couple more questions. But um, when you see the world we're in now and what's happening, whether it's what's happening in Israel or what's happening in the country, Mm. and you see how much chaos there is, it is very easy, I think, to to fall into this trap of, oh my gosh, we're we're headed to to a really dark spot. When you do have a role in, in being able to bring more light into this world, so so there, so with you guys and what you see happening, how important is it now with what you're doing and, and what you see? Are you more concerned with the world we live in than 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 maybe you ever have been, or is this just these things happen and we have to keep fighting? No, people are scared. I mean, we you know we both have what Squire has his Godwink website, and I have Godwinkers, and people are scared. Mm-hmm. You know they, but but we have to remember that Christ is in the chaos. You know, and sometimes God, in order to build His house and build that foundation strong, sometimes you have to you have to break things down. Sometimes you have to break a little bit of China. And I think that's what he's break. He's breaking things and he's 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 letting people see that 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 it's fragile. We're we're walking on fragile times here and that he can what he can do is create the foundation that's going to build his house so that it won't be shaken. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that uh, everything that we are hearing uh, is it is I, I think it really is the worst time mm. that I can ever remember in yes. my lifetime. Oh boy, yeah. uh, of course, we haven't lived through you know the kind of wars like the the Second World War. Well, you were in the Civil the, War. You're, you're yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the Civil yeah. War. Yeah. That was the time. <laughs> Very close <laughs> to Lincoln. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. But 
<laughs> but but the fact of the matter is, is it really is the worst that we can imagine. Yeah. And the, the fear that oh. we are going to lose the country mm. because we see the Constitution oh, just yeah. being trampled. Yeah, we just we, we just there's yeah. so much distrust that we have of all of our institutions. Yeah. Everybody Everyone. is distrusting everybody. It oh, isn't yeah. a left or a right thing. Everybody is distrusting everybody. Absolutely. And uh, and I believe that uh, this is exactly where God needed to yeah. get us. To let us and, know that only and, he can and, save and, us. And, and I say, I believe, but every single prophet that I've heard has oh, said the same true. thing, yeah. that, that they believe that the great awakening yes. is coming. And the great awakening, mm-hmm. uh, the, the third great awakening in the world, oh, yes. in, in America, is actually going to be it's, the great awakening and, and great awakening in the world. And it's happening and, already. And, and it really is happening. Mm-hmm. If you go out and you, you, you can find it in the pockets of America, mm-hmm. that it is on a roll. Yeah. But what we and see in colleges, on, we love that in the universities, there's a great revival happening. But that's not covered on the news. No. We, no you know, it really isn't covered on the news. Mm-hmm. And for for reasons, you yeah. know, they don't want you to know mm-hmm. that that's going on. And uh, and so I just think that we're going to have such surprises of mm-hmm. joy in 2024 yeah. that we can't even imagine. I believe it. And I'm not talking about even at the end of 2024. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about during the first, I think before, before the 4th of July mm-hmm. on 2024, we are going to feel in immense joy and um and I don't know what it's going to be, but I bet it's going to be a surprise. Mm. I'd love his opportunity. We're going to pray about yeah, it. Yeah, we need great. you just to make recordings for us all the time. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that we can play every day on our phone. It would be lovely. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to get you out on this one thing. We love the Godwink stories. Tell us one more from your either your Christmas book or one of your other movies. Give us a little fun, one little more story for us as we as we head out on this holiday season. Why don't you tell your pot spot? Oh my, per- well, this is kind spotties. of a fun story. This yeah. also is in the yeah. Godwinks yeah. book, Spotty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. When I was a little girl, I, on my Christmas list, I would always put, you know, want a dog or a puppy or, and my mother would say to me, you know, there's a new England, you're, Louise, you're not going to get a dog. <laughs> and the, the thing is my mother's grandfather was bitten by a rabid dog and died. He oh. died. So her beloved grandfather, so she was scared to death of dogs. So I could understand that. But every year I would do, you know, put it on there. And finally she said to me, look, let me just tell you something, Louise. The only way you're going to get a dog is if someone dies and leaves the dog to you in their will. Okay. So no more. It's over. <laughs> so Mr. Stellberger, who was our tenant, he had a elderly mother who had a dog named Spotty and he knew I loved dogs. And he said, would you dog sit Spotty? And so I lived to see Spotty. Spotty was like my best friend. Couldn't wait to see Spotty. Then one day, Mr. Stelberger knocked on our door and he said, I have some sad news. My mother passed away, but she left something for Louise in her will. And my mother said, she left something for Louise in her will. <laughs> said, yeah, it's in the back seat. I'll go get it. It was Spotty on a leash. She left me Spotty in her will. And my mother's words, I said, Ma, can I can I keep her? And she's and she looks at me and she said, unless someone leaves it to you in a will. Yep. And she said, Well, I guess I don't have a choice. 
she ended up actually loving spotty too but <laughs> but it was just it's so typical how god hears the prayers of little girls yeah. and what he will do to answer your prayers yes he oh, will he'll kill mrs stelberger <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> it had to be done i mean look uh, he had to do it someone had to be sacrificed oh, really yeah. to get that dog well now ava's gonna be thinking because she wants a cat so bad we've said yes, no a million our daughter times ava. yeah so oh. like, hey guys you heard the story i'm just yeah. gonna start praying for somebody to leave me a cat yeah. so yeah yeah, yeah so, <laughs> you what, ava, we'll do the same rule for you that <laughs> <laughs> Louise had for her, which yeah. is if someone should unfortunately pass uh, and they leave yeah. you a cat, you can have yeah. it. Well, if it is God's will, then <laughs> let it be so. Exactly right. Exactly. Uh, uh, thank you guys for joining us and just yeah, being guys, a voice of encouragement, whether it's in an entertainment. Uh, um, uh, you know, if you're looking for upbeat shows on Netflix, please check out their shows rescuing ruby it's, it's, so, it it's great for your family yep. it's encouraging it's not overly cheesy like some of the movies that he likes to watch over <laughs> here well, no, and there's a i will say there's a plot actually in a real script and well no and that's story. the great part about and i will say this and i'm and i'm not you know i don't it, kathy lee was the perfect person for the godwinks because she was well cast in that role like somebody yeah. like you know what i mean like it was that perfect sort of thing where she had the gravitas to be the person who was sort of in that role to guide the movie through and, and, mm -hmm. it, and it definitely is at another level now i will agree there yeah. are some of the movies i may watch <laughs> that may not you know maybe yeah. a little predictable yeah. but this was different <laughs> it was great so we love it and you guys thank you so uh, much we're you. blessed oh. And, and God bless you guys. Merry Christmas, Merry Happy Christmas. New Year, yes. and let's do it again soon. Let's God talk. bless you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good wishes and God wins. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. We will see you guys after the holidays again. Yes. Right? We'll come back we'll at some point. We'll be back with yeah. more episodes after the holidays, we promise. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It Podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It Podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.